This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know that uh, about 5 billion, billion? That's a de- I checked that because that's a lot. Plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy. We're shipping around all this water using fuel when we don't have to. Every year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year. This year, maybe turn the New Year's resolution into action that makes a difference by switching to Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's a simple idea. They have refillable cleaning products. They have a nice design. I have them in my home. It looks nice on your counter. You fill the reusable bottles with water, drop in the Blue Land tablets, wait for them to dissolve, and you never have to grab bulky, heavy cleaning supplies on your grocery run ever again. And refills, because they're small and you don't have to ship a bunch of water across the country, starts at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets, Laundry tablets, everybody, you know what I mean. All Blue Land products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. Blue Land is trusted in over a million homes, including, yeah, mine. Blue Land has a special offer for listeners right now. You can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss it. Blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. Again, blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. To Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars, the planet, and AFC Wimbledon, the soccer team. John, yep. did uh, your birthday is coming up. It is. Or it just happened, as the people who are listening. Um, and sure. I, I've, I've got your present. Oh. It's a, it's, it's a cup of dirt. Oh, thank you so much. Why is it a cup of dirt? Well, I just figured you'd appreciate the sediment. <laughs> Okay, that's is dirt sediment. Cup of dirt. Is dirt sediment? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's got sediment. It's got sediment in it. I feel like it's. Well, I you're the, you're the science. It's got one. sediment in it. You're the science. It's one. it's not. Yes. I have a little less. I have a little less COVID. Um, yeah, I can. Than tell. I used to have. I'm I'm not testing positive or anything. I just don't feel great. Uh, so that's yeah. You got yeah. I remember that it, it take it took me a, a, quite a while to yeah. feel sort of back to normal, uh, ish. Yeah, whatever normal is. Right. Um, I think I'm back to normal now. Yeah, and it's it's a challenge. So, uh, what, John? Mm-hmm. Uh, were I I know because I share a YouTube channel account with you. <laughs> but what were your favorite YouTube finds of COVID? <laughs> Was it that weird medieval history one? Because you went hard on that. I have been watching a lot of YouTube. Like Sarah watched like proper <laughs> television and I was like I'm not watching proper television. I'm no, not getting I'm not getting me. out of bed. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't get out of bed. There's just no way. Uh-huh. Um I mean, you can make fun all you want of my YouTube watching, but I see your shorts watching, which is <laughs> way worse than my YouTube. I did get really into I don't get to choose. Medieval history was was really big. I did a lot of I did a lot of like Uh two hour long medieval history. And then the other thing, which was a big discovery for me, is one of your favorite YouTube channels, Technology Connections. It's very good. Super enjoyable and really like Mm -hmm. changes your daily life. Because now when I fill the dishwasher, I think about that process differently. Yeah, you understand all of the thought and work that's gone into doing the things. Yeah. And making making the things that exist. It's wild. Yeah. It has also how much there is. It has also radically deepened my appreciation for the drip coffee maker, the much maligned oh. drip coffee maker. Mm-hmm. Now that I understand it, is really a wonder yeah. of engineering. And when I drink my awesome coffee, available at awesomecoffeeclub.com, use the promo code Dear John for three cents off your first order. When I drink my mm-hmm. awesome coffee every morning, I'm like, this is great. This is incredible what Mr. Coffee and and its clones have given us. <laughs> You've also watched a lot of soccer videos, a lot of F1 sure. videos. Yeah. Um, and 
uh, a, a video called Weezer Cruise. Oh, what was that it was about? about the history of the Weezer Cruises. You know, Hank, I'm fascinated by affinity cruises, cruises for people yeah, who share love a love. Yeah, I an affinity cruise. Yeah. I don't want... There's one for the Moody Blues called the Moody Cruise. That's so good. I mean, that's the kind of it's thing good. where... If you're the Moody Blues and you're kind of semi-retired or whatever, and somebody comes to you and you're like, I don't really want to do it, but the quality of the rhyme is so good. <laughs> but you put, you made a great pun, so I have yeah. to. And then I listened to a lot of, um, I, I, I kind of was like background watching a lot because I was so miserable. I couldn't like really stare at a screen. So yeah. that meant a lot of sort of like podcasty, but video right. things like about uh-huh. history mostly. Just as a way to try to get my, I, I mean, I was just trying to get my brain engaged. I don't know. It was. Or just give it something to do, you know? Yeah. So how did the Weezer cruise go? Was it all right? Yeah. I mean, that was the weird thing. I watched this like 16 minute video and the main subject of it was, it was like trying to make fun of Weezer, but the main subject of the video was like, Weezer did like eight concerts in four days and they really took good care of their fans. <laughs> <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> and I was like, so well. I was like, That's great. it seems like it was pretty good. Like, it seems like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know much about Weezer. I've only heard one of their songs, <laughs> so I don't have an opinion. <laughs> I, I don't know what the true, current but... situation with Weezer is. Like, I, but, but yeah. from that video, which was trying to make fun of Weezer, my main takeaway was, seems, seems like they were pretty nice. <laughs> Seems like a successful cruise. <laughs> I, I wish, I kind of wish I was there. I don't care much about Weezer, but that sounds great. Yeah, it sounds great. like it was a pretty fun, like, five-day five trip. <laughs> well, I just had a wild idea. Nope. This is not a, for I us, hope it's but not it is a, for someone. I can't, I can't handle the idea of a Nerdfighter cruise, not because I can't handle the no, idea of a Nerdfighter cruise, that. but mostly because I no. can't handle the idea of a cruise. Of a cruise, yeah. So here's what you do. Okay. You, yeah. listener, uh-huh. not you, John. Okay. Uh, you go on an affinity cruise for a thing that you've never heard yes. of. Yes. Like, a lot of you have never heard of the Moody Blues. I guarantee, I guarantee there's a bunch of people out there unaware of the Moody Blues. Go on the Moody Cruise mm-hmm. or whatever, what have yeah. you. Go on the affinity cruise and just... See, just like ethnography it. Just be like, yeah, where am I? What am I in the midst of? Yeah. And and at the end, are you a fan of the Moody Blues? Because I think 99% chance you, will be. you are a lifetime fan of the Moody Blues. Right. I, I would argue, I, right. I would argue that really you should only go on affinity cruises precisely to find something yeah. new to love and people to connect well, over Well, all it. the other cruise stuff is already there. Yeah. You still get to do the cruise right. stuff. There's still a water feature. But I also think you shouldn't go on an affinity cruise for a thing you have an affinity for. You got to pick something and just like, you are going to dive head first. Like this is like immersion language learning, yeah. but for the moody blues. <laughs> You're going to know so much. So so much moody content. But what if what if like Moody Blues fans are huge gatekeepers and you get there and they're like, oh, you've only heard I can't name That's a Moody, moody Blues song. You've only heard the sweater song. Me either. Um you you suck. We hate you. And then you're just sort of outcast for five days, like you're shunned no. by, by Moody Blues enthusiasts. Uh, this is the thing I think almost I think I I think that there is no chance that there's an affinity cruise out there that one will not just assume that you're in. Like they will just assume they're not gonna like at, they're not gonna quiz you. They'll assume you're in and you'll just be in. You gotta maybe like do a little studying beforehand. Yeah. But 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 and and second, <laughs> no, I think no, even if you're I think, honest you, got, about I think it, you have to be radically honest. I think when people are like, yeah. hey, what was yes, your first? And they will love that they, so that's much. The thing. They will be so happy. That's the thing, Hank, is that they'll bring you in. You'll be the most popular person on the cruise. The hardest core Moody Blues fans aren't gatekeepers because they're confident no, exactly. they're confident in their fandom uh-huh. they don't have to uh-huh. tell you you're yes. not a real afc wimbledon fan if you didn't go to a game in 1986 because they know in their hearts that they mm-hmm. are moody blues fans and so there's no yeah. there's nothing else to it and that is what's so beautiful about the idea of an affinity cruise imagine going on the moody cruise hank and you're yeah. seated. Oh my, this would be the, such a good YouTube you're video. You're seated next to a bald-haired man with long hair. You know what I mean? He's got the horseshoe, yeah, yeah. but it's long yeah. hair. <laughs> and 
he looks at you and he's like, hey, man, when was your first Moody Blues concert? And you're like, it's about to happen. (laughs) He's going to be so psyched. He's going to be like, hell yes. Hell yes. I have decided that that whatever you're into is what I'm into with some limits. (laughs) I this is the best idea we've ever had. Um, uh, which I'm, which I absolutely will not do and do not want to do. I, but I, pa- I really want to watch the YouTube video of the person going on something like it doesn't have to be the Moody Cruise, but something like that where they just have no idea what it is, and you're just going to be immersed in the culture. I want to do, do a do straight it. ethnography as long as you're like open and accepting about I it. I want to like, do I don't it want you, like, so bad. If you make fun of these people, I'll be so mad. All right, John's in. John's doing it. He hates cruises, but he's going to do All it. All right, hold on. I will pay you money. All right, I'm really struggling here to find a list of affinity, affinity cruises. cruises. Um, yeah, there's a, especially because there's a, a cruise company in New Zealand called Affinity Cruises. That is hurting me. What What would you call yeah. an affinity cruise if not? I don't know. Did you just make that up? I did. I did. I, That's great. I've invented a genre. Yeah. Okay, themed cruises. This is just Royal Caribbean. All right, it's like country music, jam rock. Mm-hmm. This, the, Star Trek The Cruise. Oh, John doesn't care very much about Star Trek, and I really want him to. <laughs> All right. Star Trek The Cruise. I'm not going on the biker cruise. I'll tell you that. Okay, here's the 65 best themed cruises. All right. Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea. I'm going to pass on that one. <gasps> I'm going to pass on oh, professional thought- wrestling cruises. Okay. Meow Meow Cruise, a cruise for cat lovers. I feel like that's too broad, oh too broad. Yep, yep, yep. Star Trek The Cruise is on the list. The Kiss Cruise. The Kiss the Cruise. Kiss Cruise number nine. Happening. It's been, they've been doing it for nine times? Uh-huh. Imagine being the only person who's at their first Kiss Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are their names? They're the guys with the paint, right? Well, I thought they were the guys <laughs> with the paint, but I'm looking at a picture of them now, and they're not wearing painted faces at the Kiss Cruise. Maybe, maybe that's you know, when they don't wear I think that that's the makeup. right call. Maybe, yeah, that's it's just we're we're all ourselves here. We're, this is where we're going to be ourselves. We're not going to have our face paint melting off in the Caribbean sun. Right. right. I think that there's also the ultimate disco cruise. Yeah, that's to me that's too broad. I don't want like Well, it's specific. It's cool in the gang. Sister Sledge, um, Billy Ocean. Those are the headliners. I, I almost don't want it to be music. Like there's a Well, professional wrestling it is, John. Oh, there's a there's a knitting cruise. There's a Golden Girls cruise. There's a golden what? a cruise for golden girl enthusiasts where there are three women who oh cosplay as the golden girls. That's the whole thing, and that's that's enough for a cruise. It's all golden girls all the time. It's the golden girls cruise. John, you would be the most popular person at the uh, on the golden girls cruise. There's no doubt in my mind. I could finally feel famous. <laughs> it's coming back in 2023. Ooh, I will pay you. I mean, uh, here's what I'll say, Hank. We're going to crowdfund it. <laughs> I I can afford to pay my way onto the Golden Girls cruise. That's that's like, and also I don't, I'm not somebody who gets excited about getting paid. I mean, you'd have to pay me so much money to go it's on the true. Golden Girls it's cruise true. for it to be like uh, worth it for, like, for, for my financial yeah. perspective. Yeah. But, oh, there's. It departs from Miami, the fictional home of Blanche Devereaux. So <laughs> that's very specific. <laughs> There used to be a NASCAR, the cruise, but they, they stopped doing it during COVID. All right. I think Ooh. I think this has gone on too long is my first thought about okay. this bit. But um, I, I, I think the ones I want to keep on the list are Star Trek and Golden Girls. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I Sorry, John. If I wasn't paying attention to you, I was reading all about Golden uh, Golden Fans at Sea, oh. which is the name of the Golden Girls cruise. Wow. Uh, anyway, it's up to you. You get to decide. And now we're going to answer some questions for our listeners because it's been a little bit of time that we started 
for this thing. All right. Our first question comes from Callista, who writes, how often does the moon go around the earth in a day? I tried to look it up and just got confused. Most people I ask say once a day, but you could tell me twice a day and I would have no choice but to believe you. Confused Callista. The earth, wow. Yes, you go. That the moon goes around Uh the earth. Yes. Once every lunar month. That's right. Oh, thank God. I was not positive. (laughs) Which is which is not the exact same as a month, unfortunately. No. And the moon doesn't care about how uh, about the year. The moon doesn't care about the day. Uh, <laughs> indeed, indeed, the the moon does not know about the year. <laughs> That's true, but I I just mean that they have, there's no uh, there's no connection between the length of a day and the length of a lunar month. Right, in the same way that the, we don't a year and a lunar in month. In the same way that we don't contextualize the movement of the sun around the center of the Milky Way very often. Right, exactly. But we we it feels like maybe there should be some relationship between the number of days in a year mm, and the year. Right. That we think like there's 365 of these in a year, right. but there there isn't. There's 365 point number 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 out to infinity. Right. And that number changes, um, which is wild. Um, yeah, but also, well, it changes very slightly. Yes, but but it's changed a lot, right? Uh, uh, over the course of time, at, like the day used to be hours shorter, and, and in millions of years from now, we'll have twenty-five hour day. Right, like it is weird. It's weird. It's very weird. Uh, but then the oceans will boil, and that will be even weirder. So <laughs> that's way further. Yeah, but I mean, like if we're talking in long time scales, what do you think the chances are that there will be a human around to witness the twenty-five hour day? Well, what I can say for sure, John, is that the Earth will still be turning. I don't. I mean, we don't know. So that's something. We don't know that. (laughs) We definitely don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Is a million years is a long time. I don't know what kind of what kind of shenanigans we'll get up to trying to slow up or speed down the Earth, but uh, (laughs) I I do think that we will have a hard time affecting it. It's not that we won't try. It's just that we aren't big enough. I mean, there. well, there actually are people who want to do that to Venus. They want to speed up Venus because it rotates very slowly. Mm. And, and so if you like hit a bunch yeah. of like ice asteroids into Venus in like the same direction, yes, you could theoretically speed it up. Yeah, just start, just get it spinning. Once it's spinning, it'll stay spinning. I know about that from science. That's true. Yeah, so, that's true. all right. The, the, well, that's the situation. But, but, so it's so it's every twenty. But it looks like it goes around us once a day because we spin once a day, and right. it stays in the same place while we spin. It doesn't stay exactly in the same place. So so it, it, it indeed it actually very it's very slightly different. I think it's I don't actually know which way it is. I think it's slightly longer because it's moving in the sky while we are spinning. But this is but this gets to something that's quite interesting, which is the way that. Lots of people measure time is by the moon, not by rather than the, the sun. sun. There is no reason yeah. why we have to have a solar year instead of a, a mm. lunar year. And other calendars, lots of other human calendars, including the Islamic calendar, use lunar years, which is why, for instance, the month of Ramadan, the month of fasting in Islam, the month of Ramadan moves around the seasons because. Oh. It's a lunar calendar, not a solar calendar. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, it's I did not know yeah, that. There you go. Okay, well, now we've both learned something. I've learned yeah. that my guess was right, and you've learned <laughs> that Ramadan is sometimes in winter and sometimes in summer, and also whether, yes. of course, it's in winter or summer depends on whether you're in the northern or southern hemisphere. Which is something Which is true for all of the things. that Northern Hemisphere people often forget. <laughs> There's a, that whole hemisphere down there. I mean, in fairness to Northern Hemisphere people, we're most of us. Every time somebody in Australia is like, "It's so cold in July," I'm like, "Huh? <laughs> What's it like down there?" It is legit weird that ninety ninety percent of people live on the top half of the planet. <laughs> Like, well, there's more land. There's more land up here. Yeah, that's the thing. There's more land and, up here. Yeah, and even the phrase "there's more land up here," right, implies that the northern hemisphere is above the southern hemisphere, which it's not in any kind of real well, way. Exactly. Yes, but there has to be. 
you have to have a representation of the earth and something has to be on top. And people who are like, it's arbitrary. I'm like, is it or are 90 percent of us up here? Yeah. Like if you were going right. to do it one of the two ways, which you have to. Right. This, this makes sense. Indeed, it, indeed in penguin maps, uh, this the southern hemisphere is always above, I've noticed. Yes, because it's because that, all the a hundred percent of the penguins live in the southern hemisphere. No. Yes. No. They've never crossed. They they can't get up there. It gets too hot for First them. First off, Hank, I know for a fact you're wrong because I've seen the penguins in Indianapolis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Second, I know you're wrong because I've seen the movie Penguins of Madagascar, where there are oh, penguins right. in Venice you're and right. there are <laughs> penguins all over the dang place. Oh, you're right. There are there are a number of penguins that don't that don't cross, but you're right. You're right. Hank, I would think that as the science one, you would be above oh, no. such oh, no. inaccurate I was wrong. Antibiology <laughs> statements. Yeah. Uh, John, you're the penguin expert. You've watched that Penguins of Madagascar movie like eight million times. So I, And you are correct. I'm so glad that you caught you're me. You're correct. That now watching my, the, the film, my fallibility yeah. <laughs> has been discovered. You're definitely correct that watching the film Penguins of Madagascar makes you an expert in the field of penguins. I basically have a PhD in penguinology. John, do you know who Tom McGrath is? I don't think so. Well, then you can't be that much of an expert because he's Skipper and Penguins of Madagascar. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Penguins of Madagascar was one of the last great animated movies where all the characters were not played by like fancy actors. They were just played well, by some people. Of them were. I know, yeah. I know. John Malkovich yeah. plays plays Dave. Yeah. My God, that must have <laughs> yeah. been an amazing phone call. <laughs> <laughs> the phone call where John Malkovich's agents pitched him the villain in the forthcoming DreamWorks animation movie, Penguins of Madagascar. <laughs> And John Malkovich was like, uh, I mean, absolutely. I'll, I'll probably do it. And then they were like, yeah, I'll do Werner it. Herzog is doing a cameo in the first five minutes. And he would have been like, oh, yeah, no, then we're good. I'll do it. Oh, man. God, what? I, I But who are we kidding? I mean, I would there's literally nothing I wouldn't do for money. <laughs> oh, I, w- I would be in a DreamWorks pick so fast. Oh, my God. You wouldn't even have to pay me. Oh, my God. I, for me to be in Penguins of Madagascar too, like sag minimum, got to support the union. Yeah, but other right, than that, right? Yeah, sag minimum. <laughs> well, the, just this next question comes from Ainsley, who asks, "Dear Hank and John, there's a it's four a.m. and there's a moth slamming itself again and again mm. across my kitchen ceiling. Mm. This little guy's going at it with reckless abandon, and their dustiness makes the impact shockingly loud. I'm not sure what their dustiness has to do with that, but Ainsley wants to know: Is this moth okay? Does he have a sense of pain? Are bugs all right? This is a level one emergency, Ainsley. No, the moth is not okay. Um, <laughs> the moth is stuck inside. Yeah, I'm, well, not only that, but like the moth is never okay, right? Like from the time that the moth becomes a moth, life is is brief and full of danger. It's true. So the moth is never okay, especially when my cat is around. My cat will eat... A dozen moths. There you go. In, in like four minutes. Yeah. He is a remarkably efficient moth eater. Yeah. But yeah, the moth is, the moth is, well, if the moth is never okay, does that mean I am never okay? Correct. Oh. So moving on, uh, we have this question <laughs> from Justin. Devoki did a bunch of research oh, on like okay. uh, uh, right. in, insect injury, okay. which does happen. They can Great. apparently. Well, we have we have determined through science that insects can get brain injuries. Probably the moth is not giving itself a brain injury though, because it it's doing this on its own and it's doing it. I would assume in the safe safer way. Um, and as for whether insects feel pain, they feel something when their bodies are injured. Um, and we don't know what that is because we've never been an insect, but they feel something. And that makes scientists call that thing pain when they're talking about it. Um, though probably not when they're talking about it in scientific papers. Hmm. But it's hard to not call that pain. It's when there's like a clear nervous signal being sent because of injury. Mm. So the moth is never okay. Great. Rescue the moth or feed it to your cat. <laughs> 
Yeah, try to get the moth outside so that it can be not okay in its preferred environment. Yeah. <laughs> this next question comes from Kaylee, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I work at a paint store. How do I not cry every time a customer is awfully rude to me for no reason? I get that maybe they're having a bad day, but then they're mean to me and make me have a bad day, and I'm just a humble paint store employee. Not selling a crylic paint, Kaylee. I had a, uh, I was at the DMV recently, and there was a woman who was being mean, um, and all of the people at the DMV were visibly distressed about this. Like there was no one in the building who was not um, having a uh, like a, aware of and experiencing a negative emotion. Mm. And then the woman be like like very nearly fell to her knees crying. And uh, and then and then everything changed in a very different direction. And it, it is was just clear that like this person didn't know which emotion to have, and had it was in a situation that she did not know what to do about. Now, at the paint store, that seems a little less likely than at the DMV, where like maybe you do need this thing in order to get a lot of your like normal life done. Mm-hmm. Um. But but the way that I saw them respond in that moment uh, made me feel really good about the people at the DMV, uh, and they they you know they they were they all started like everybody became human again, and that I think is a that I think is a thing that is missing. Yeah, uh, in the way that people seems like more now than ever are treating uh, the the folks who are paid to help them out. It does seem like more now than ever. And I don't don't mean that in like an old man yells at cloud kind of way. I mean it in when I talk to people whose jobs involve interacting with customers, it seems to them like more now than ever. Yeah. And I think that may speak to a shared underlying level of fear and anxiety Mm -hmm. and discomfort that then expresses itself that way. But when you're experiencing that, when someone is yelling at you about paint (laughs) and you're like, I work at the paint store, I am doing my best and Mm -hmm. I am adhering to our regulations as a paint store, it's very, very difficult not to let that negatively impact your day. And honestly, Mm -hmm. Kaylee... I would cry. I would just start crying and be like, well, yeah, there you did it. You got it. You got, is that what you wanted? Did you want to have to realize yeah. that I'm a person? Because now you have to deal with that. I guess. I, I, but uh, it's like, so it, hard. It just, I mean, I, yeah, I remember it's, the- It's a terrible situation to be I, in. Yeah. It, it just, how are, and, and it makes so much sense that people like fewer and few, fewer people are, uh, are choosing those kinds of jobs. And yeah, like they're really, really hard jobs. They usually don't pay when, very well. When they well. can choose them. And people yeah. are, if people aren't nice to you, then like the yeah, I mean, I sometimes found it helpful when I was in those situations to think of the person who was yelling at me as being very afraid, very like feeling that they were going to lose something that was important to them or have something taken away that was important to them. They're going to lose a client. They're going to whatever. They're going to get sick. Like, that's what I would tell myself. Mm -hmm. But it's very hard because the truth is, like, that's a lot of times, that's certainly not why they think they're angry, you know? Yeah. What did Ryan Reynolds tell us about conflict resolution? He said that you have to say, you have to like tell them what they just said to you back. Yeah, you just repeat it back. So um, this really is like a cheat code in life. It's ever since Ryan Reynolds told us about it. I use it all the time. It works really well on Orange. It's incredibly (laughs) effective. Not just, it's like incredibly effective with kids, with everybody. It's also, but it also lets me know for sure whether I'm actually understanding the problem, right? Exactly. So if you repeat yeah, it, like it's actually useful for exactly. me as well. So if you repeat it back and you say, so your concern is that you bought oil paint and you needed acrylic paint. Is that correct? Or um, am I, do I have it? And they're like, yeah. And then you say, is there more? Is there, you know, is there something else? Um, or do I have all of it? And they're like, you have all of it. And then yeah. once you really understand it and you then if you can try to empathize and say, oh, wow, like, 
if I thought that I was buying acrylic paint and I bought oil paint, like I would definitely be frustrated. And I, I absolutely understand why you're frustrated. What can I do to help? Because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't buy the wrong kind of paint. That's a you problem. <laughs> but you don't say, yeah, don't. you don't say that part out loud. Yeah. You probably don't say that part. Yeah. I mean, val- yeah. validate and empathize, I think. But that yeah, I mean, that's but what it, you should, it does. It, but, but you also it, you also need to be able to go to your favorite podcasters or your second favorite podcasters, Kaylee. I don't want to I don't want to make guesses for you. <laughs> you also need to be able to go to your favorite podcasters and say, like, this sucks and it makes me cry. Like, yeah, and have that feeling validated because it does. Well, it's suck. very weird to have people just be mean to you. Yeah. In life. Yeah. Like it doesn't happen all that often. And, and for good reason, because like we're people and we. We, we uh, in general, are made uncomfortable by that. And so we don't, we know what it's like to have people do that to us. And so we don't do it. And it just, it's so frustrating. And if you're a normal the person, story is that, when you do yeah. do it, you think about it. Like it haunts yeah. you. I'll give you an example. <laughs> we got off a plane for, <laughs> flying to Hawaii and everybody in the uh, airport line was pretty mean it was a pretty unpleasant experience. Mm. I was really tired. Mm-hmm. And then the car wasn't like the car that we'd like hired wasn't already there. Yeah. And we called them and they were like, oh, yeah, he's on his way. He's like 10 minutes out. And then like 10 minutes later, we called them again. And I was su- super frustrated not being my best self, really, really not being my best self. Yeah. Finally, a guy comes and I'm like huffing and puffing and annoyed. I'm not like yelling at anybody or making anybody cry, hopefully, but like I'm I'm clearly annoyed. <laughs> and uh, the guy's like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like I had this really challenging uh, client who like changed the delivery uh, place on me twice. And I feel really bad because I'm such a huge fan. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> he heard me huffing and puffing. <laughs> And he didn't do anything wrong. He's just trying no. to do his job. It's a, yeah, it's a world that is, that is like, yeah. I, I mean, I just, I have to remind myself whenever I can how convenient things are right. and when they are inconvenient, yeah. like being frustrated about that. And that's another thing that like, it feels like, like a, a thing just changed where people expected a level of convenience that uh, oh, that's that so became true. less available. That's so true. And that, like, it's just such a silly thing to expect that level of convenience, especially during a pandemic. Um, and then, and, and then also, especially during an economic downturn or like supply chain disruptions, it's a complicated world that's going to have inconveniences. That's so and true. I, I just wish that there was like some like public service announcement on TV. That's just like, everything's going to be a little harder Right now. Well, and also like everything's going to be a little hard forever because systems yeah, that involve you're the humans involve humans and you're a moth <laughs> and like you're a mammal. It's never okay. You know what? Yeah, exactly. It's you're never okay. And nobody you're ever talking to is ever all the way okay because we're not machines. Kaylee is not yeah. a, a paint machine. Kaylee is a person. And th- that I think might be part of the issue. We need to like understand oh, sure. the extent to which humans participate in all of our systems, even the ones that work hard to make the human invisible. Which reminds me, John, that this podcast is brought to you by The Moth. <laughs> the Moth. It is never okay. <laughs> Today's podcast is also brought to you by John Malkovich's agent. John Malkovich's <laughs> agent. <laughs> Making awkward phone calls to John Malkovich since 1978. <laughs> this podcast is also brought to you by Golden Fans at Sea. If you want to get your tickets to Golden I Fans at Sea, it's it. in 2023, and John might be there. <laughs> uh, and today's podcast is brought to you by the Lunar Year. The Lunar Year. It, it's just another kind of year. It's just another kind of year. We also have a project for Awesome Mess of Jenkins from Asher to Isabel. Today's podcast is also brought to you by the concept of cooler, younger sisters, who, among other <laughs> things, can always be relied upon when you need a second person for a bit. For example, the world's best or worst dad joke first aired in 1959 to be said at the end of any explanation. And that's our plan of attack. <laughs> 
It looks like a nail. Nope. It's a tack. All right. We did it, Asher and Isabel. <laughs> that, Asher gave us lines. I love it. If you get a Project for Awesome message uh, in the 2023 Project for Awesome and you don't give us lines now, you're underperforming. <laughs> no, don't feel obligated to give us lines, but we are always happy to have lines when they are given. Yeah, that's, that's great. So we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but there are two things that you shouldn't compromise on. One is name brand Dr. Pepper. The off-brand stuff just doesn't hit the same. And another is, of course, your health. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines or their family group chat or the crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. And the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. So go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash Dear Hank. Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius, because there will be a world without us. All right, Hank, before we get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon, let's answer a couple more questions, beginning with this one from Emily. Dear John and Hank, when's the last time you had a good cry? Blushing and blubbering, Emily. Oh, gosh. Well, I have. I I definitely know the answer to this question. What was it for you? <laughs> uh, well, my friend died last week, uh, and so that yeah. was uh, several times, but we went to his memorial this weekend, and... Um, everybody had a good cry. Yeah. There was lots of big good cries. Yeah. yeah, I'm really sorry for your loss and for Missoula's loss. It, it was This was the mayor of Missoula, Montana for the last 15 years and just a, a deeply beloved figure who really personified a, public so, service. Yeah. I, I mean, I just like, you know, obviously everybody's, nobody's perfect or anything, but uh, the, the way that he handled um, being... Um, one of the speakers referred to him as a street mayor, um, that he was just, he, he was always somewhere nearby mm. and he was always talking to people. And I just think that like, you know, there's so much to learn from, from, uh, leaders who don't make splashes, you know, who aren't like out there a big, like being talked about all the time, mm -hmm. but are just doing the work. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so so it was very touching to hear from all of his colleagues and friends. Um, and also, I, like, it had been a long time since I've been to any kind of service, and I'm in a different stage of my life now than I was the last time I went to a funeral or memorial. And it uh, feel, felt different as a person who is solidly middle-aged now. Yeah. Yeah, well, and and his death is much closer to the death of a peer 
than it is to yes, like the death al- of a always, parent or a grandparent. Yes, or always previous. But yes, it's very true. Previous funerals had been from people who were well, um, and in very different generations from me, and very different life stages. Whereas John was fifty-eight. Um, so the and and like in the in the middle of his career in many ways. Right. So right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. For me, um, it's been a while because the medication I take now makes me not cry as much. Uh, But it was during the Turtles All the Way Down movie. The last night of the Turtles All the Way Down movie, um, it like ended at 5 a.m. And coming home from that, I had a nice, nice long cry. Nice. Yeah. Well, I got another question, John. Yeah. In a very different vein from Connor, who asks, Dear Hank and John, what is the animal version of the word humanity? Do we just add itty to the mm, end yes. of the animal like name? Penguinidity. Uh, so, penguinidity, doggity, Dog. pelicanity. <laughs> Pel- Pel- pelicanity works, doggity doesn't. Yeah. I, <laughs> How is this supposed to work? Pumpkinity and penguinity, Connor. So, usually, my understanding is that mm-hmm. it's got to be I T Y or I T E. Mm. Right? That's not. I think that the answer is is right there, and you're just not there yet. Is it animal? No, because it's you, you're gonna it's you gotta have like a, a collective animal. So like all dogs together. Are, no, it's the dogs individuals, not all animals, just dogs. What is their so like their version of humanity? So like like we have humanity, all people together, right? All dogs together. You, you're not gonna. It's not like a pack. That's just a small group of dogs. Right. We're talking all dogs. It's dog kind. Oh, right. Humankind. We used to say mankind all the time in English. Yeah, we really did. Yeah. And then I remember like the first time I read Humankind, I think it might have been um, like later Kurt Vonnegut. And I was like, what? Humankind. Humankind. <laughs> <laughs> But of course, like that is a far, far better term for humankind. Yeah, it's, it's it sounded weird, that's but it was correct. And now it doesn't, sound, now it doesn't weird sound weird anymore. anymore. Can you believe wow, it? Wow, it's amazing how that happens with language over and over and over again. And every single time it happens, and, people act as and, if it won't happen. Yeah, and boy, it's going to be. Uh, people are going to hate it. It's the end of everything. Yep. I can't believe. Uh, and if I accidentally say mankind, they're going to string me up, and my career will be over. Yeah. No, it'll just, be, it'll just be like, oh, it's probably better if you say humankind. Yeah. Uh, dog what, kind. So dog kind. Animal But I think kind. pelicanity. But I think pelicanity, you, I think is, pelicanity fine. is fine. I think if it ends in an an, like human. Yeah, or an n at all. Yeah, maybe. Like, uh, what's another animal that ends too. in n? I mean, like there's like a, the, the bird a wren. I wouldn't say renity to describe wrens. No, you're right. But and I wouldn't say chickenanity. I would say chickenity. Chickenity. Chickenity or chi- I might say chicken kind. Chicken kind. But I would say raccoonanity. Oh, there's nothing. I mean, raccoonanity is the way that raccoons <laughs> refer to themselves. Hank, can I tell you an incredible <laughs> raccoonanity also sounds like what they get up to. Can I tell you an incredible story of raccoonanity? Incredible. Yeah. I can't believe we've saved it for the end of the pod. Oh, I can't believe we just invented raccoonanity. So Sarah and I have like an outdoor sink and grill. And the other day, Sarah came inside and she was like, why did you leave the sink on all night? And I said, I didn't. And she said, yes, you did. It's mm. on. And I was like, I oh. definitely didn't because I have COVID. And so I wasn't outside. <laughs> like, I I think I have the I ultimate have a, defense. I, I, I was not you out. You think I woke up and went somewhere? <laughs> I was not outdoors <laughs> yesterday. And Sarah's yeah. like, well, why is the faucet on? I was like, well, the kids did it. And she was like, I don't think they did. I don't think they could have. And I was like, well, let's go look. We go out there and there's freaking raccoon paws leading all the way up <laughs> to the sink. And then the sink is still on. And I was like, obviously, a raccoon walked up, turned the sink on, washed its hands, and then didn't turn the sink off because why would it? It's raccoonanity. 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. They performed raccoonanity upon you. Yes. <laughs> we got, yeah, I believe that's called being raccoonanated. It's not uh, raccoonity. It's raccoonanity. We're sure about this. Yeah. We have one chance it's be for raccoonanity. raccoonity if we prefer it. But I think it's raccoonanity. Look, maybe raccoonity is all raccoon kind, but raccoonanity is what all raccoon kind get up, gets up to. Yes. Ra- <laughs> raccoonity is all raccoons together, and raccoonanity mm-hmm. is the behavior <laughs> of raccoonity. Ah, I want to be in a band called raccoonanity. <laughs> We're going to have so much fun yes, on that stage. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Just, just you're like. One thing that there definitely is, is amphibious. You're like kiss, but for raccoons, you wear like <laughs> raccoon makeup at all your shows. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Your hardcore Look, fans dress up as raccoons. There's a future where they make it and we don't. And in that oh, case. I mean, <laughs> I'd say it's 90-10 in favor of raccoons. And they are the most likely species, I think, just given their hand shape to achieve sentience. Yeah, they got a lot going for them, for sure. They're walking around on two legs sometimes. Yep. They wash They're, their hands. Yep. You know, they know it's a pandemic. They're being careful out there. <laughs> they heard that I had COVID, and so they, they ran to the sink. They were like, oh, my God. Oh my God, geez. Oh, geez. You know, the guy who lives in that house, he's got the COVID. <laughs> Don't touch the handle again. Just leave it on. <laughs> why, why would we turn it off? Raccoons we don't have don't to pay the water bill. <laughs> Raccoonanity. <laughs> Looking out for number one. Oh, all right, Hank. This week in AFC Wimbledon news. AFC Wimbledon w- went 2-0 up in a football game for the third consecutive oh. time. And the universally, the response among AFC Wimbledon fans was, oh, no, what fresh hell is this? <laughs> was, I've never seen a group of people be less excited about uh, yeah. a 2-0 lead. <laughs> there was, it was just universally immediate. The moment the second goal went in, which was a really good free kick by Ethan Chislett, and the first goal was by Nathan Young-Coombs, NYC. The moment that second goal went in, every Wimbledon fan, you could see it in the crowd. Every fan was like, oh, no, <laughs> not this again. But maybe because our opponents, Crawley Town, are really, really terrible. <laughs> or maybe because they got a 55th minute red card. Oh, but, wow. Uh, we managed to secure a 2-0 victory. They got a 55th which- minute red card and you didn't score again? No, but I think to be fair, the AFC Wimbledon players might have been under like team orders not to shoot the ball under any circumstances. Just, and indeed, just pass not it to and like pass it yes, and pass yes, it and just, pass it. Just just kill time. Yeah. It it truly felt like AFC Wimbledon manager Johnny Jackson had said to the boys, um, if you we get a 2-0 lead, you <laughs> Will not concede a goal. I don't care what else happens. You will not concede a goal. Yeah. And, I want you to, uh, they, to, to take the football, put it in your yes. mouth, and swallow it. <laughs> there were so many times where like one of the younger players like tried to like take a free kick or something. And uh one of the old players, usually Chris Gunter, would would take his hands and like lower the temperature. He would be like, shh, calm. <laughs> we got to calm down. There is no rush here. So we held on to our 2-0 lead, which I think was the whole job. And now we have won a second game right. in 2022, a All second right. League Two uh, game, which is great news. And uh, we are in 10th place All right. in League Two, which is not, not half oh, bad. No. I, uh, What's I'm, the news from I'm Mars? I'm getting used to typing League Two table to see the the table instead of League One table. <laughs> it's it takes a little while it's to the, get used to. It's a shift. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, in- I will say this: uh, this guy Nathan Young Coombs, who is on loan from Brentford, he's scored three goals uh, so far, which is uh, I think as many goals as any of our strikers scored last season. So it's good. It's good. Well, this week in Mars News, John, you know what would be nice? 
is if we could grow food on Mars. And that's what scientists are trying to figure out. So they have tried a whole bunch of different uh, crops in various uh, various crops in basically trying to figure out Mars-like soil. Doesn't have any organic carbon in it. So that's, you know, trickier for plants. Doesn't have the other nutrients that would be created by living stuff on Earth. According to researchers, the winner is alfalfa. (laughs) It's kind of too bad, but it's food. Uh, So not only were researchers able to grow a small crop of alfalfa in their version of Martian soil, they also crushed that crop into powder to make it into fertilizer that could then be used to grow more complex crops like Uh, turnips. Still not great news. (laughs) But like better. So if we, yeah. So for like twelve years, we're gonna have to grow lots of alfalfa on Mars, <laughs> yeah. crush it up, and then we're have a gr- turnip finally, party. We can grow some turnips. Uh, alfalfa and turnips <laughs> seem like just not. I mean, I've never wanted to go to Mars, but now I really don't. Yeah. Uh, well, do, don't worry, John. There's there's another option. They also found that they could use marine cyan uh, a marine cyanobacteria called oh. Cynococcus uh, mm. PCC seven zero zero two. Oh yeah, and and that's that actually the, the they best. could use people say that's the best one. <laughs> they, could, they could actually use that to desalinate water, which would be useful on Mars because oh. it has very briny water. So going forward, researchers sure. want to see how other crops, maybe some <laughs> better ones, fare in the soil. They'll also need to find a way. Uh, to deal with the fact that Martian soils have perchlorates in them, which kill things from Earth, including people. Oh, yikes. Perchlorates might be the biggest problem about going to Mars. Um, and Seems like a big problem. Yeah, it, it's not clear how universal they are, but they seem if, if they are universal, it's going to be tricky. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a huge issue. Yeah. Wow. It is a huge issue. So... The good news is that maybe by the time 2028 rolls around, we'll all be robots uh, that live inside computers. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think that that seems like the easiest way, right? Like there's yeah, totally. a, a part of me that's like, it seems a really hard to like reverse engineer a planet for these uh, this particular organism. Seems, yeah. Seems like it might be easier to just do the person. Right. Yeah. People are smaller than planets. They're complicated, though. It's all quite tough. It's all quite tough. I agree with that analysis. But it's great to know that we could grow alfalfa, which we could then turn into turnips. All right, Hank, thank you for potting with me, and thanks to everybody for listening. You can email us your questions. We promise we'll answer more next time at hankandjohn at gmail.com. We're off to record our Patreon-only podcast, This Week in Stuff, where we talk about things that we liked this week. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals-Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Brooke Shotwell. Our editorial assistant is Deboki Trakravarti. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by The Great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't forget, forget to be, be awesome. awesome. Thank you.